guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas yesterday. We get an opportunity to finish up the New Testament this week, and I'm super excited for that as we end with the book of Revelation. Now, I want to start you off today as we're finishing up these final chapters. It's about chapters 15 to 22, but we're going to focus today on chapter 17 and, and maybe give or take a couple others as well. So I want to show you a picture here that you normally probably don't associate with the book of Revelation. It is this picture right here. And if you're listening to this on our podcast, you might want to go check this out on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. This is Lehi's vision of the tree of life. This picture particularly is done by Greg Olson. I love this picture. It is very descriptive as it's showing the various aspects of Lehi's vision. You've got, of course, the tree of life right there. You have the rod of iron leading to that. You've got the great and spacious building over here. You've got the mist of darkness all through there. I think this is a very instructive picture, particularly when you're dealing with the people in this picture as well. So one of the things I want to do with regards to this picture, I do believe that this vision that Lehi had is very similar to what John the Revelator saw in the book of Revelation. It's just a different interpretation of it and it's a different way to show it. But the message, I really believe, is exactly the same. You go to Revelation chapter 17 where you are basically introduced to the great and spacious building, but it's not said that in this chapter. Now, Revelation chapter 17 specifically, I think, focuses on this great and spacious building, which is called something a little bit different here. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will shew unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon the many waters. Now that is not a word I use very often. Now I think it perfectly describes the great and spacious building. Now you keep in mind the next couple of verses right here. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So what's interesting, and again, this is a word that I don't like to focus on a lot, but one of the definitions of the word whore is to pursue a faithless and unworthy or idolatrous desire. You see this in the Old Testament all the time, how Israel went a-whoring after other gods. So they're going away from what they believe to be true, and they're following after something else. Now, verse number three, so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, with seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. So there's stuff going on in this building that is not good. Now, verse number five, you know when your friend shoots you a text and it's all in caps, you know they mean business, right? You look at verse number five, and upon her forehead, meaning on her mind, was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and abominations of the earth. Now what's interesting, you click on the word mystery, and it takes you to the footnote where it says secret combinations. There is stuff going on in this building that is very mysterious. And mystery is often something that attracts people. So there's things going on there that are really designed to destroy the individual. Verse number six, I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. The footnote says astonishment or wonder. So what's going on in this building is people are trying to draw people away from the covenant path. And there is something apparently mysterious enough about this building that people are starting to wander over. Now, with regard to this beast, look at verse number seven. And the angel said unto me, wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee 
study of the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her, which hath seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. And when they beheld the beast that was and is not, and yet is. What a weird definition to describe the beast, right? I'm going to come back to that in just a second. So when you're looking at the book of Revelation, it's always funny to look at Google and try to find people who have had their own interpretations of what they saw, understanding again that this is all not to be taken literally. There is so much symbolism here. But I saw this picture right here. Someone had done their own Lego interpretation of the beast. Now, if you look right here, one of the beast's heads is red and there is a sword sticking right through it. This refers back to Revelation chapter 13, which comes right on the heels of the war in heaven that we talked about back in Revelation 12. Now, this beast, Revelation 13 verse 1, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw the beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And again, these are symbolic of power and complete and total destruction. And upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. The beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth is the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power. So this is the world that we live in. This is Babylon. It is very tempting, and it is very mysterious. And his seat and his great authority. I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? He exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. So my question is this, who went in and healed the beast after it had been wounded to death? So I go back to this picture of uh, the Tree of Life that Greg Olson did. You look at these individuals right in the middle right here, and I think this is very instructive when you see these individuals. I don't know what their intentions are. So for example, this person who's reaching out to the great and spacious building, I don't know what his intentions are. I don't know if he's saying, take me with you, or I don't know if he's saying, please come back. You got this guy in the middle holding the fruit. He's been to the tree and something about this building is very mysterious. And you got these other individuals here. I don't know what their intentions are, but what we do know is they have wandered off the path. They have wandered off that covenant path that leads to the tree of life and they are over here. So again, there's something about this building that is causing a lot of temptation and causing a lot of mystery. Now you go back to Revelation 17. The ones in this building are, as it says in verse 14, making war with the lamb. But here's the cool thing about this. The lamb shall overcome them for he is the Lord of hosts. He is king of kings and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So I focus back on the other individuals who are holding fast to that rod of iron. Called, chosen, and faithful. Now I've connected a verse right there that many of you are familiar with. You go over to section 121 of the Doctrine and Covenants verses 34 and 35 where it says there are many called but few are chosen. And why are they not chosen? Because their hearts are set so much upon the things of this world and they aspire to the honors of men. So you've got this building over here, this great and spacious building which is very tempting, very mysterious and it's getting people to focus on it. What do you do? Focus on the Lamb. You focus on the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and what will happen is there are people I really believe in this picture who are right there by the tree of life that don't even know that the great and spacious building is even there because they are so focused on Jesus Christ. Now back to this idea of the beast who was and is not and yet is, you contrast that with Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 1, you go right back to the very beginning, verse 8. I am he which is and was and which is to come. I am he that liveth and was dead 
and I'm alive forevermore. So when you're trying to contrast the beast that was and is not, but yet is, you've got Jesus Christ who is always there and constant. And as we focus on him, that great and spacious building does not have that power. And that is what truly wounds the beast. I can testify to you that as we focus on Jesus Christ, the beast does not have power in our lives. I know that that is true. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.